1: Hello, everyone, and happy new year. So next week, I just want to talk real quick. Next week, I am having a guest on the podcast. Katie Joy Wells is coming on to talk about clearing toy clutter in the new year. I know with a lot of new toys over the holidays, with us setting our goals for the new year, our resolutions that a lot of parents want to clean out some of that toy clutter. So we talk about that in the show. What is also awesome is some great developmental topics came up about how to keep children more engaged in play longer and Katie shares some really great tips for how to help kids stay more engaged in their play longer because that question does come up quite frequently about my child can't entertain themselves. My child only sits there for a few minutes and then they wanna come interrupt me. And especially now that a lot of us are working from home and we would like to have a little bit more time, a little bit more um, quiet time for our children to play by themselves. This is, of course, developmental, but she offers some great tips which will help you help your children to start to stretch out that playing more on their own. They're coming to you and saying they're bored and they want you to engage with them. These tips that she has for their toys actually are some really great ones developmentally that will help them go deeper in their play and help them to start to go longer with that imaginative play and to be able to entertain themselves for longer. So those are some great tips. Also, we answer a question from a mom about how to go through the toys and clear out any old toys and help your kids decide which toys it's time to get rid of and move on. So we cover that uh, that both of us actually answer that question together. so that's a great one. So that is next week. So this morning, I had a parent chat. With my member parents, and a lot of great questions came up. We talked about how to help fix bad habits when kids pick up bad habits, which may happen over the holidays when they're spending time with family a little bit longer than we might normally going for several days or a week at a time to spend time with family. Sometimes they might pick up bad habits. We talked about that. We talked about when your child struggles with losing a game, children that really struggle with that losing and they have a lot of a low frustration tolerance and have some big reactions to losing or when they start to lose a game, how to help them work through that. And of course, we Also talked about this very common topic of aggression. Oh, and we also talked about apologies, how to teach apologies, how to help children understand what an apology is, and when and how to give an apology, and working on that empathy. So we talked about that as well. But aggression is such a common topic; comes up all the time, especially with these younger children, two, three, even younger than two, three even four sometimes still really struggling with some of that aggression. And so I wanted to dig into this some more. Now this morning, the question was from a mom of a 15 month old, so a much younger child. So we're early on in this process of working through the aggression, but I wanted to really lay some foundation and I know I've done it before, but I'm going to do it in an even deeper way than I've done before help a little bit more to understand what's going on here with aggression, because it just, it is so common. We get this question all the time. And so I know it's just one of those more frustrating parts of being a parent of a younger child and being adults, not really having that understanding of what it's like to be at this age where... We don't have a lot of faculties to deal with these big feelings and big emotions. It's really hard for us to understand that, and so I wanna dig into that some more, talk with parents, uh, give you guys awesome tips and tools for working with this, because you've got this age group from about one, one and a half, where they're starting to get a little bigger, they're starting to get more mobile, they're starting to play and interact, and so this aggression can come out with siblings or with playdates, or with mom and dad. Sometimes, many times, with mom and dad is not uncommon because they're very comfortable losing their faculties, losing control of their emotions with mom and dad especially. So I'm gonna go through some really great basic foundational things about aggression and toddlers, why it's happening, and then we're gonna talk about some tips, some more tips. Um, that I'm going to talk about even more than I talked about before in some different ways. So I'm going to go back to the development. It's always about the development. What is happening with our toddler? So we're going to start with around the age of one to one and a half. So one to one and a half, they are learning so much. Physically, they are developing so quickly. They are learning to walk. They are learning to crawl. Some kids are still crawling or scooting or traveling by holding on to things and they're starting to walk. Huge, huge changes. So many bursts in physical development. Language is also just starting to come on board. Single words usually around this age of one to one and a half, sometimes two word phrases. You know, some children are more advanced, but the average is about a single word around that first year. Single words you know pointing to things and saying food or more or water or bottle. Single words. They don't have a lot of Of language to share feelings. Now, feelings are very advanced concepts to share. So, you know, water and bottle and food are very concrete. So, they're going to start with those concrete concepts. Nouns, the, you know, ball, there's certain toys, their doggy, the bus, cat. These are all things that are very concrete. Emotions are very ethereal. So, these are advanced concepts to even understand, let alone have the language for. So they don't have the language at that point. Some kids don't have much language at all. <laughs> they're still talking about their food or their bottle, or not having words at all. So to be able to articulate feelings is obviously just really it's a far way off. So understandably, they don't have the words to go and express their feelings. So when they have big emotions, they're just nowhere to go with that, except physically. They tend to react physically because they're physically changing so much, but it is the one way they have to share their feelings. So they may scream or yell. That is one common way, but hitting, kicking, spitting, biting for some kids are more, are other common ways of sharing that they are upset. What it means when they have these big feelings is it means that they are saying that I am feeling in over my head in this moment. I have big feelings I don't know what to do with. I have things I don't know how to express. I have things I don't know how to share with you. I don't know how to handle myself right now. So these are messages that we are getting from our toddlers when they react in these big ways. Now, these things can happen all the way up through. They get better and better, but they will often happen even with some four-year-olds. They can still lose control, still act out physically with the hitting, the yelling. So it is a gradual process through these years as language skills come on, as their brain, their cognitive development, as they develop more skills for explaining and sharing how they feel. And this is a process that we coach them through as they go through. But just understanding this, that they are just feeling out of control. So This means that they need our help in this moment of calming down, figuring out how to do this in different ways. So the first thing I really like parents to understand is that, you know, I often hear parents say, you know, we're coaching emotions. We're saying, I see that you feel frustrated. I see that you feel angry. It doesn't help. It's not getting better. Why is this not getting better? Um, I'll hear parents say things like, I'm right there in the room with them. I'm sitting right there so that I can make sure that something doesn't happen. And the next thing I know, they're reaching out and they're smacking their sister or they're grabbing a toy or they're reaching over and scratching or grabbing or biting or kicking and I'm sitting right there and I can't seem to stop it. What do I do? So I wanna talk about this. So first thing we wanna do is we wanna break it down. We wanna look at what is happening in this moment? What is happening during this time? If it's Especially if it started to get worse. If it started to get worse, what has changed? What's happening that they might be reacting to? You know, a big one is a sibling on the way or a new baby in the house. This will often increase aggression in toddlers because they are feeling very unnerved and very uncomfortable in this situation. They are wondering what their place is in the family. They're wondering if they're going to be loved as much now as they were before and you know, they're not getting as much attention. So new siblings, any kind of stress in the family, changes, moving, parents struggling, parents stressed, it will likely come out in the toddler behavior. So we wanna just take a look at what's happening, break it down, and so we can just understand that part of it and have a little bit more empathy and understanding of what's happening. So I know I talked, I believe it was actually just last week, about this whole development of empathy and how empathy is a very advanced concept because first they're getting their physical development, their language development, which is a part of cognitive development. So as their cognitive skills expand, as their abilities to have more logical reasoning skills come on board, these things all just come on pretty much all at the same time. They interplay off of each other. There'll be a big leap in physical skills and then there might be a big leap in language skills. They kind of trade off because there's only so many neurons that they can develop at one time. Only so many synapses and neurological pathways that they can create at one time. And so, you know, we're gonna see this kind of juggle back and forth between development in different areas. But as they move through the toddlerhood years, each of these things is coming more on board. Each of these things is gelling. They get more language skills. They get more emotion skills. They have more language for more emotions. So we wanna break down what's happening. We wanna break down any changes if there are big changes so that we can have an understanding of that, of why this might be happening more often. Okay, so we have a toddler. We've got an 18-month-old. We've got a two-year-old. We've got a two-and-a-half-year-old. We may even have a three-year-old who is struggling a lot with this aggression, with the hitting or the biting or the kicking or acting out when they are upset. So what are we going to do? Well, it depends on the age. So by the time we get to three, there's usually a decent amount of language on board. The emotion skills are starting to come on board. They're starting to understand the different emotions and what those are. But if you have a a one-and-a-half-year-old, that's really different. You have a a one-and-a-half-year-old who just does not have language skill. I mean, you have a a one-and-a-half-year-old who does not understand the emotion part at all. All they know is they just feel really uncomfortable right now, and they're in over their head, and they have more than they can handle. There's something going on in the environment that's more than they can handle. And unfortunately, even at that age, they're not gonna be able to explain it to you very well. So part of this is acceptance of where the child is in their development, understanding that a one and a half year old, a two year old, a two and a half year old is going to struggle with this and that this is a part of normal development. Now, with that being said, you know, with, as, with us as parents, we can explain to them like, I can see you're really frustrated right now. I can see you're really angry. If they have words for that, great they've got words for that and you can coach them through that if they don't yet it's allowing them to have that feeling it's allowing them to have that emotion knowing that it's really big we want to help them recognize these feelings we want to help them work through them but we also want to begin to work on letting them know that this type of reaction is not acceptable that i'm going to talk about some steps and just how we do this when we get back after a word from our sponsors Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Now that we're back after the break, we're going to talk more about aggression and how we're going to work with this, how we're going to help our children with this. So first, like I said, is breaking it down, see what's going on, having an understanding that they may be really struggling right now with some big changes. They're feeling stress that parents are feeling or there's a sibling on the way. The other thing is understanding that this is something that skills they just don't have on board yet. So we wanna do everything we can to set them up for success. So what this means is I've heard uh, questions from parents where their child is going on a play date and they're just really struggling to interact with other kids. They're younger toddlers and they are playing, seems like they're playing, everything's fine, and the next thing they know the kid is reaching out and grabbing something or hitting the other kid or kicking the other kid or biting even the other child. And what this child is telling us is that it's just not ready for these types of play dates, for these types of interactions. You know, and this is really hard as a parent if you see all the other kids that seem to be playing nicely, seem to be doing great, but our child is the one that is really struggling and can't seem to play nicely and is reacting and hurting other children. And some children are just gonna take a longer time. They might be more naturally introverted, may need more quiet, less stimulation. The stimulation may just be too much. It's okay to pull your child out of that environment, to just understand that your child isn't ready yet, and that is okay. When they are reacting like this, especially ongoing, it's letting you know these are scenarios and situations they just are not ready for yet. So, you know, and a lot of this is with siblings. I, get, I hear a lot of questions from parents about siblings. How do I keep my sibling, how do I keep my four-year-old, my five-year-old, my six-year-old from getting hurt by my two-year-old, or my three-year-old, or my one-and-a-half-year-old? And that is really about creating a environment for success, setting them up for success. So the six-year-old, the five-year-old, the four-year-old gets to play by themselves. And the one-and-a-half-year-old, the two-year-old also is playing by themselves. The other thing that's uh, interesting is that children up until about the age of three to three-and-a-half usually engage in what's called parallel play. They don't interact directly with each other. They may hand each other something. They may ask for a block or ask for a train and hand things off to each other, but they don't usually collaborate in play. They don't cooperate in play. They don't say, what are we going to play? What are the rules of this game? What are the rules of who's playing what? You know, I'm going to take this person, and you're going to take that person, and I'm going to build this with the Legos, and why don't you build that with the trains? And they're not—they don't get into that type of collaborative play until at least around the age of three. Before that, they're just—they don't have the cognitive abilities to interact in that way. So when you have a four-, five-, or six-year-old who can collaborate, and then you've got one that's younger— two, two and a half, they're not real good at the collaborative play. And so when they want something, they want something. They're gonna grab it. They're gonna take it out of their hands. They're gonna take it from the other child's um, already created play structure. They're gonna grab something from it. And this can create a lot of problems in the play because the older child doesn't understand why the younger child is grabbing toys and taking things out of something they created because they're very much into this place of creative play. And so this creates a lot of problems and a lot of meltdowns and hurt feelings and potential physical physical aggression and hurt from one side to the other. And so it really is about having an expectation and understanding of where each child is developmentally, what they can handle, what they cannot, what they're ready for, what they're not ready for. So offering the older child a place to play that is protected from the other child, the younger child. They can go into their room and play, you know, dividing out the play area. And I know parents don't love hearing these answers. Sometimes they want me to say that there's some magic phrase that we can give (laughs) that is just going to help our young toddler understand the boundaries, but it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. We need to figure out a way as parents to protect each child and set them up for success. So having two separate play areas, where they can be divided off, where the younger child isn't coming over and grabbing things off of the older child's train set or building that they created or whatever scenario that they've created. And having that understanding actually will dissipate a whole lot of issues. So much of this is about prep and about understanding and about setting up for success. And once we do that, once we have an understanding, it actually can circumvent a whole lot of issues. Same thing with pets. I got, I answered that question last week and I actually got another one this week in an email about kids and pets. And it's really about protecting that pet, keeping that pet in a safe space away from the toddler, the toddler away from the pet. Sometimes the pet may be in the crate. Sometimes the pet may be in a room. Sometimes the toddler may be in an uh, enclosed area where, where the toddler can play and the dog can run around without them interacting. And then in those other quieter moments, then we're going to coach The behaviors, how we treat the dog, how we interact and play, how we share our emotions. We're going to talk about what those emotions are. So there's two layers to this skill set, the emotion skills and the social skills. The emotion skills are the underlying, I understand my emotions, I know what this emotion is that I'm feeling. And then the social skills is how I express this emotion. So if there is a struggle with the social skills, if When a child is acting out in a big way with emotions, the hitting, the kicking, the grabbing, the yelling, then it means that it is the emotion skills underneath is where they're struggling, where they need some help. So this is where we're going to work in the quiet times. We're going to read the books. We're going to talk about emotions. We're going to point out emotions in other people. We're going to talk about our emotions in our day. I was so happy to run into my friend at the store today. Oh, I bet you were so happy when you saw your friend at the park today. We're going to talk about emotions, not just the negative ones, all the emotions, the whole range of emotions. And I actually put up the feelings wheel on the Your Village Facebook page. So you can go out there. I did this a couple months ago and it's still up there. It's pretty high up in the posts so that you can see that. You can grab that out, print it out. There are hundreds of words for emotions. We're gonna start near the center of the circle and we're gonna move our way out as they get a more sophisticated vocabulary for feelings and emotions and help them learn what those are and the nuances between them. So there are a lot of great feeling words in there that you can start to discuss with your kids. And especially once they get to be like three, four, five and six, it's kind of fun to talk about those more nuanced emotions that we don't use in our everyday language sometimes. So that is where we start doing that coaching. But also understanding, depending on our child's age, if our child is three, three and a half or four, they're going to make progress really quickly. We're going to build those emotion skills really quickly because they have that whole framework in their brain already, not completely on board, because they're going to continue to develop these emotion skills throughout the rest of their childhood, including empathy, which starts to come on at age three and goes up to about age nine, where it age nine or 10, it's pretty well developed. It's pretty solid at that point. But these are some really advanced emotion skills. So we're going to be coaching them through this, guiding them through this process as they age. But when we've got a one and a half, a two-year-old, it's really, really early. Not a lot of language skills. So just understanding that this is great work to lay the foundation, and it will help them as they get older. It will help them create these neural pathways for emotions and talking about emotions. But it's not going to mean that next week, all of a sudden, that your two-year-old is going to be able to express their emotions in, in with their words or in a very pro-social way. And we also will work with them on other behaviors, replacement behaviors. This is a little bit of a repeat from last week's podcast. So you can go back and listen to that because I really get into uh, some more details about having a replacement behavior when they are turning to aggressive-type behaviors. You want to have a, a go-to behavior. If they have something else to go to, So two, two and a half, three, they're gonna get better at those go-to behaviors. One, one and a half, we're still really early. You may see some improvement. It will definitely help you as they get a little bit older, but right now, we're just really laying a foundation. We're going to keep everybody safe as much as we can. We're going to set up for success as much as we can. And we're going to just take a look at these patterns. And you know, and if we have certain areas of struggle, we're just going to take a look at these patterns. If our child is constantly just struggling with other children, we're going to pull back the play dates. Or we're going to remove them for now and just do some quiet play dates at home. Or do some quiet play at home. And then maybe have meet a friend at the park for overlap for 10 or 15 minutes, see how it goes. I'm going to pull back on that social interaction because there really is no real need for children to really engage in this social interaction until we start getting to three, three and a half, and four when they're doing that imaginative play, explosion in imaginative play. Then they start to have a lot more skills to be able to handle that type of play, interactive play, collaborative play, coming up with games Together, coming up with creative scenarios together. So I hope that this was really helpful to gain a little bit more of a overall forest for the trees type of understanding, big picture understanding of frustrations and aggressions, and why they happen so commonly, so frequently, what our role is, how we can help everyone to make this time a much smoother, and by adjusting our expectations can definitely make it easier on everyone. The other thing I do want to add is that I do understand that when we are super busy as parents, we're trying to get dinner on the table. We're trying to get out the door in the morning, and we've got two siblings who are together playing in a room. It is okay to have a quiet space for one or the other to go to. So I was telling my parents today, I used to have a gate up in the hallway, and if I my one of my kids was having a little bit of trouble, I would just have them stay in the hallway while I finished getting the lunch ready, while I was finishing getting one of the other kids ready, because I had three, so I might have two interacting while I was getting one child ready for getting out the door in the morning, so I might have to put one of them in the hallway, give them a toy, it's not a punishment, it's just we can't be together right now because the reactions are really big and we might hurt each other, so I need to separate you two. And I would just do that for a few minutes, and it's okay to have to do that. While you're fixing dinner, while you're getting one of your children ready, while you're dealing with something else, somebody's at the door, you've got, you know, somebody delivering something at the door, whatever it is, it's okay to do that if you don't have time in that moment to manage the relationships. Because I know it can be a constant all day type of thing if you don't have some little reprieve or way to have reprieve where you just can't be there all the time. So having a pack and play, if you have a a child who's young enough and can still play in there and not... Climb out, um, creating a play area with some fencing off in some way for one of the children to be in, to play in, to keep each other safe while you're doing some other things. So I hope this was really helpful in understanding this whole process, this developmental process. If you want to know more, I have several classes on the website. Your Developing Toddler, Your Developing Preschooler are really great classes for understanding this development and all kinds of ways for supporting this development, for helping it, physical development, emotional development, social development, cognitive development, language development. Talk about all of it and all different ways to support that. Make sure your children are on track, any red flags, when to have um, you know any kind of assessments. Get some extra help if you feel like there's a, an issue that they may be falling behind and not catching up. And all the positive discipline classes are lots of tools for dealing with all kinds of daily interactions. Get power struggles, getting kids to listen, tantrums, and just generally creating an environment where where our children are learning the skills to be cooperative, responsible independent, amazing young people. And you can find any of those 60 parenting classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.